You are listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a show covering the hometown Milwaukee Brewers as we analyze the roster, report on the latest rumors, and discuss their quest to bring the World Series trophy to Milwaukee for the first time. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Go. Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, episode five of season three here of 2022, pretty close to 100 episodes under our belt now, David, Um, but uh, early on here in 2022 and excited for this podcast, Ethan Small, Aaron Ashby, two names I'm excited to to take a look at. We dove into the Brewers minor league system last episode and want to take a time to focus on those two lefties um, who should be having a bright future, hopefully in Milwaukee. Any initial thoughts here, David? We've got a little bit of progress on the lockout. They have not come to an agreement yet, but they are hopefully inching a little bit closer towards that conclusion. It basically is a foregone conclusion. It won't happen this week. If it doesn't happen by Monday of next week, MLB is saying that the season will be delayed. So unfortunately, we are potentially looking at uh, the second shortened season in three years. I'm pretty optimistic that they'll at least have an agreement done within the next two weeks, I would say. That's about where I would say the uh, the kind of where, I, where I'd place my bet is that within two weeks, but we don't really know. There's been a little bit of movement, but mostly on things that are off the field, not the interesting things, more things like draft lottery or some of the competitive balance taxes. It seems like Major League Baseball and the owners are um, playing hardball, pun intended, but it seems like they're not exactly, you know, negotiating like like both sides are expecting um to to occur right now and like you said obviously nothing we can do besides hope that they get things figured out uh sooner rather than later but let's just jump into today's trivia question today's trivia question is what player holds the franchise record in career pinch hits and pinch hit at bats so again what player holds the franchise record in career pinch hits and pinch hit at bats that answer as always will be at the end of the podcast. David, I see our random player of the day today, a familiar name, right-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, relief pitcher, uh, not relief pitcher of the year, but played for the Brewers. I can picture him on some police cards. He who <laughs> needs no introduction, Mark DeFelice. Yeah, certainly needs no introduction. He's somebody that is beloved in the hearts of all Brewers fans. An entire generation of Brewer fans growing up <laughs> wearing Mark DeFelice jerseys on their backs, that iconic number 45 that probably should get retired by the ball club. I, I would be certainly in favor of that. On a, a related note, Paul O'Neill, being a, his number being retired by the Yankees. A complete side note here, not at all planned, but I'm going to do that anyways. You mentioned that um, that Paul O'Neill spent nine years with the, with the Yankees. Um, you know, good player, not going to obviously knock him. He had a very good career, had a good nine years with the Yankees, but... When you look at some of the other players, both on the Yankees and in the rest of the league, for that matter, uh, not necessarily deserving of retiring a number, you showed me that J- Jeff Jenkins put up very comparable numbers in his nine years with the Brewers um, and O'Neill getting his number retired. Again, complete uh, complete uh, rabbit trail here, but I just wanted to bring that up and thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, if we're, uh, if we're looking at that, I, we might have 10 Brewers that have their numbers retired. But uh, back to... Uh, the uh, the the highlight of this episode, Mark DeFelice, he did make his major league debut at the age of 31, 
with the Brewers in 2008 after pitching in the Rockies, Orioles, and Nationals organizations, and then going to independent ball for a few years. Got signed by the Brewers, and actually in a, a couple seasons during his his, uh, his tenure with the Brewers, he pitched a little bit in 08, 09, and 2011. Um, and, and during that time, he had a 3.79 ERA across 73 innings. So some respectable innings that he threw in a Brewers uniform. 2009, most notably, 51 innings, 3.66 ERA. Struck out almost a batter per inning. Uh, and was did a good job at limiting the walks. So a pretty successful uh, 2009 season for Mark DeFelice. I, to be honest, did not know that DeFelice had at least a good year. That was a fairly... Uh, fairly bland Brewers year 2009. Really, not much happened. But Mark DeFelice was maybe maybe the mo the most interesting story, the best storyline of the year, making it to the big leagues late in 08 and then establishing himself even just for one year in 2009. Today's random player of the day, Mark DeFelice. I do remember seeing a couple Mark DeFelice jerseys at American Family Field or Miller Park uh, across the last 10 years. I'm not sure if they were like. The game used jerseys that cost like eight hundred dollars for Mark D. Felice, but I, I do remember you were saying that he um, is earmarked across the generation. I, I've seen at least some semblance of that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I certainly would be uh, in favor of wearing a Mark D. Felice jersey. I don't have one, um, but also I, I I just wanted to note that Mark D. Felice now runs the Mark D. Felice Pitching Lab. And uh, it is on on uh, Facebook his his page. Um, it is located inside Diamond Baseball Academy of King of Prussia, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, and he works with pitchers on uh, trying to trying to develop them more from a, a modern uh, data driven kind of uh, kind of approach. So uh, one of the one of the many examples of players now giving back as coaches in the game. Mark DeFelice. All right, so topic one today, finish talking about our prospects from last episode. We broke down the Brewers' top prospects. Again, Brewers falling in at number 26. Uh, according to that was Keith Locke, if I remember correctly. Um, so Brewers, number 26 out of 30. Of course, we've got uh, the Brewers' top prospects, Bryce Turing, Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, Tyler Black, Joey Weimer, just to name a few. But two left-handed arms we want to talk about today who we didn't get much of a chance to last episode. And guys who will likely make an impact both in 2022 and beyond, Aaron Ashby and Ethan Small. Let's start with Aaron Ashby, who we saw more of, of course, last year. Ashby had that rough first go of things in that one start he made and then of course uh, a rough outing in his final outing of the year we talked about how good he was outside of those two outings um, just a little bit of history on Ashby he was drafted by the Brewers in the fourth round of the 2018 uh, MLB draft and you know kind of a mixed bag as far as what the expectations are we looked at uh, fan graphs and baseball reference projections for him I, I was surprised to see a 4.55 or excuse me 4.15 ERA uh, expected from him out of baseball reference. But what are we going to see from Ashby? Are we are we going to see a sub-4 ERA? Are we going to see him come out of the bullpen? Is he going to make spot starts? Is he in the rotation? Where does he fall in with the Brewers in 2022? I think the roles that you suggested, all of the above. I think he'll be the, the Swiss ar army knife of the pitching staff. Call him the pitching version of Hernan Perez. He's someone that I think we could see making some starts, possibly as an injury, injury uh, fill-in. 
spot starter or, or also maybe if the Brewers decide to go with a six-man rotation over a little bit more of a difficult stretch that they have of a lot of games in a row. He's someone that I think would fill that role. He's also somebody that we've already seen him be electric out of the pen. If you take away his, his first outing, his last outing, he had a sub-2 ERA. He strikes out over a batter in inning. And while the walks can be an issue at times, it's not, it's not bad enough where um, he's no longer effective. He's someone that, at the very least, I think will be a very, very good multi-inning reliever already as, as soon as 2022. Uh, I think he's got higher upside than, than Small, who we had mentioned earlier. And he's someone that, that we'll see likely for the whole year, whether it is uh, in a starting role, in a bullpen role, maybe late-inning relief, or maybe that swingman, kind of uh, uh, all of the above. Are we going to see a Josh Hader-esque um, young left-handed pitcher who can go, you know, we got guys on in the fifth inning and they bring in Ashby. He gets out of the jam and pitches a sixth and seventh and hands the ball off to Williams and Hader. I think that's a role that we could see Ashby in. It's a role that I think he's best suited for right now. He overall didn't really impress me as a starter that much. I think that he's got the, the, the potential to be a quality big league starter over the next couple of years, and I think that will take some development at the major league level. But I think right now we're looking at somebody who is more of a multi-inning reliever with the chance to grow into more and, and take that that young early career Josh Hader uh, path. And then after some success, then we can see which route he takes because that's also the, the Corbin Burns route, sort of the, uh, the Brandon Woodruff route as well. Yeah, it's worked well for the Brewers, obviously. I mean, some of the guys that have done this, Josh Hader, who's been the best reliever in all of baseball since he came up. Brandon Woodruff, who's, you know, a top five, top ten, at least, starting pitcher in baseball. And then, of course, the Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns, like you said, also coming in to the game in that swing role. I mean, I, I think about the, the electric arms the Brewers have in the rotation, and you pair a guy like Ashby, if we do see some success from him in a multi-inning role. And then, of course, we still got the two devastating arms in the back of the pen in Williams and Hayter. Uh, certainly could play a significant role as that swing guy. How about Ethan Small? Small coming up with the Brewers. First-round pick in the 2019 draft out of Mississippi State University. Um, has not made his major league debut as of yet, um, I believe, Made it to AAA uh, last year, correct? Ended up in Nashville, mm -hmm. um, had some success really at all levels. He's he's been good all throughout the minors. Um, I believe he's had a sub three ERA at every level. Um, so certainly has had success. What does Ethan Small role look like on the Brewers roster for twenty twenty two? I think there's a, a lower chance that Small breaks breaks uh, breaks camp with the team. He does have the advantage of already reporting to spring training now because he's not part of the MLB Players Association like Ashby is being on the 40-man roster for for Ashby. Small had a very successful year last year. Double-A really dominated. Walks were a little bit high, but he had a very high strikeout rate that allowed him to help mitigate that a little bit of sub-2 ERA. Got to triple-A, and he had an ERA near 2 as well, but it was a little bit concerning. Yeah, his strikeouts per nine was down to about six, while his walks were at about five and a half. Those are numbers that he definitely will have to improve on if he's going to stick in the big leagues at any point uh, in his career. And I, I mean, I have reason to believe that he will improve on those numbers. He just might not be quite ready for the major leagues, at least as a starting pitcher. 
Uh, he, I know, got better a little bit in the, in uh, the Dominican Winter League. His numbers were a little bit better, and he felt more confident after getting work in as, uh, as Albert Pujols' teammate, believe it or not, uh, down there. And he's someone that the Brewers have high expectations for. I think long-term, he's more of a four- or five-starter, but I think that we could see him uh, coming out of the bullpen maybe second half of the year. Got a good fastball changeup combination, a little bit of a funky delivery as well that could allow him to be a good two-pitch multi-inning reliever, kind of in that in that mold that the Brewers have broken in many of their pitchers and uh, allowed for more development at the major league level. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Brewers' depth chart, I don't see a lot of room in the starting rotation, especially for a guy like Ethan Small, who's less established. Of course, Ashby getting four starts uh, um, for the Brewers last year. And we never know. You never know when injuries come up, uh, when a, a pitcher, you know, gets a cut on his hand trying to cut a lace on his glove um, or other injuries that pitchers uh, manage to do to themselves. But you know it's going to happen at some point, so not really a question of whether injuries occur, but more so who the who the next band up is. And, and that could be Ashby. Maybe we do see a, a small appearance in 2022. Not a, a small appearance, but you get what I mean. Um, I, I think it's possible that we see him, but like you said, this could be the year where he really gains his footing in AAA um, puts up, continues to put up good numbers, um, and gets himself to be a more established pitcher who's then ready to make a bigger step in 2023, uh, especially when you look at, again, a Brewers starting rotation that is already pretty loaded with talent um, and even some guys in the bullpen like Ashby. So any final thoughts before uh, we move on on either Ethan Small or Aaron Ashby? Well, I, I think that Ashby, I'm, I'm pretty confident he'll break camp with the with the team. Uh, whenever whenever camp does happen and, and break. I mean, uh, it will be interesting to see if, if pitchers are managed a little bit differently in a, now a shortened season likely coming up. Uh, but he kind of slots in behind, of course, Hayter and Williams. And then I'd put Suter and Cousins before Ashby on the depth chart. But I think uh, he's right up next before a lot of the other guys like Trevor Gott, somebody that they acquired this offseason, Yandel Gustave, we saw a little bit last year even, Justin Topa or, or Hobie Milner. Uh, so he's someone that, that we will see for sure in the bullpen pitching some meaningful innings. We already saw him in the playoffs last year pitch meaningful innings. I think Small will join him. And we could see Small having kind of a, an Aaron Ashby 2021 role on the 2022 Brewers. Yeah, I think that's a good point, actually. Certainly could see that. You mentioned a couple of those, couple of those names. Trevor Gott, of course, new Brewer. Uh, J.C. Mejia as well. Uh, any new pitchers that you see... Uh, the Brewers, as far as additions come, that you see making a big impact this year for the Brewers? Actually, the two that you mentioned, uh, Trevor Gott and J.C. Mejia, uh, also known as sometimes as Jan Carlos Mejia, they're both interesting arms. Mejia had a, an 8-2-5 ERA last year with Cleveland, 52 innings, and really all of his numbers were bad, other than his, his curveball spin rate was above average. Uh, if you look at his stat cast numbers. But I find it kind of intriguing. He's got a, a decent fastball, got a little bit of run and sink to it. Uh, and then he's got a good slider. And, and he was working as a starter this year or this past year with Cleveland. And transitioning him more into a bullpen role, he had some success in limited time as a reliever later in the year with Cleveland. And then hoping to build on that uh, with that fastball slider combination. I actually saw him pitch a couple times in the Dominican Winter League, just watching uh, the games on MLB TV. And he actually looked pretty good. His slider was pretty sharp. 
worked well off his fastball. Uh, hitters didn't seem like they were picking it up very well. He's someone that could be maybe a, a sneaky kind of fringe bullpen guy that ends up having at least some impact on the team. They always need more arms, always need more depth, and Giancarlos Mejia could provide that. Trevor Gott saw some improvements in his fastball velocity and in his secondary pitches. I think it was his changeup last year in AAA. Never made it to the majors with San Francisco, but he he reportedly looked a lot better. His numbers in AAA were quite good. And the Brewers on, like I think, first or second day of free agency picked him up right away. The Brewers made sure that they got him. They gave him a major league deal uh, to be on the 40-man roster. So he's someone that the Brewers certainly see a lot in. Uh, I have reason to believe that if the Brewers see something interesting in Trevor Gott, there probably is something that they can work with him and uh, kind of create more of a, a useful reliever. And he's someone that, that was actually pretty good early in his career with the Angels and just hasn't quite gotten back to that in the, the years following that. Yeah, you mentioned Mejia and Gott. Uh, of course, a bigger name that the Brewers acquired and the player I'm most excited for um, among the new Brewers, Hunter Renfro, of course, the right fielder from Boston in that Jackie Bradley Jr. trade. I'm expecting pretty big things from him. He's he's had several solid years ac across multiple teams um, in his brief six-year career, uh, but his overall has been a very consistent bat, um, kind of a uh, middle-of-the-order type of bat. Um, his slash line last year with the Red Sox, 259, 315, 501. Had an OPS of 816 and an OPS plus of 112 with 31 home runs and 33 doubles. So certainly has the bat. I'm excited to see him in Milwaukee. I'm kind of replacing obviously Yael Garcia, I think, in that in that role. Um, and obviously will fit in in the outfield. May even get some time at DH depending how the Brewers decide to structure things. Um, but certainly the biggest name that the Brewers brought over this offseason, at least at this point, um, Hunter Renfro. So certainly excited to see him. How about you, David? Any additional names that, that uh, you wanted to mention up today? I like the addition of Mike Brasa. It was a low-profile addition. They, they gave up a, more of a relief arm in the lower levels of the minor leagues in exchange for Brasso. He's more of a utility guy. can play all over the infield, maybe a little bit of corner outfield. But he hits left-handers really well. He's somebody that could pair well if they need Colton Wong to get a day off, give him a day off against a tough lefty, have Brasso go out there. Perhaps play a little bit of first base, maybe I guess a lefty with Rowdy sitting on the bench, depending on the role that they choose to give Keston Hira. Uh, he can play third if they need to, if if uh, one of the infielders gets hurt, if you Rios or Adames or Wong and they need to slide some of the guys around, Brasso could uh, take over him and Jace Peterson, both being some nice depth options in the infield. I wouldn't say Brasso is someone that I'm very excited to to watch this year. But he's somebody that I think makes the Brewers marginally better. And when you have enough of those guys at the end of your roster, it really kind of rounds out the team. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other depth guys, Pedro Severino, who will likely be the backup catcher for the Brewers behind Narvaez. Um, again, not a, not a big profile, but Severino added in the offseason as well as Brett Sullivan, a utility guy who can play behind the dish um, as well as a little bit of outfield if needed. Uh, but will likely just be depth on the Brewers roster. So there you have it. There's the newest additions to the Brewers roster um, thus far across the the off season, uh, the strange off season that we've had. Um, and hopefully we'll see another name or two um, added. Uh, I certainly hope the Brewers make a move 
on the DH position and, and see who they can bring in to bolster the Brewers lineup, which obviously was the weak point of the roster last year for the Brewers. So as we wrap up today, today's trivia question, again, what player holds the franchise record in career pinch hits and pinch hit at bats? David, what do you have? Uh, well, the one thing I was thinking about when I was, when you, when you asked this question was uh, that it likely would be someone that, that was when they were in the NL because there were likely fewer opportunities when they were part of the American league with no pitcher to pinch hit for gone back and forth uh, with, Probably the two best names in Brewers history, Robin Yount and Bill Hall. And I'm going to go with Bill Hall for uh, most pinch hits as a, a Brewer. That's a, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, it is incorrect. It is not Bill Hall, nor is it Robin Yount. It is actually an active Brewer, Craig Council. So Craig Council holds the Brewers record for both career pinch hits and pinch hit at-bats. He's got uh, 167 pinch hit at-bats, 41 hits. Um, so that's not even really, uh, yeah, yeah. On all that impressive clip, that's but about average for a pinch hitter, that's though. true. Pinch hitters are usually lower because they're, they're not as good. And because they have a tough time get coming off the bench. And when you're Craig Hounsley, your bat is also like 12 feet off yeah, the ground <laughs> on, a, on a slightly different note. Uh, but there you have it. Our trivia question. Uh, the answer to today's trivia question, I should say, Craig Council. Um, holds the franchise record in career pinch hits and pinch hit at-bats. So I know today was a quick episode. Today, again, uh, hopefully we will be seeing a uh, negotiation and uh, maybe an agreement here in the next couple of weeks from Major League Baseball and the Players Union. Uh, but enjoy today taking a deep dive on Ethan Small, on Aaron Ashby, two arms that we will see an impact um, at some point, either in 2022 or beyond, as well as taking a look at some of the newer additions to the Brewers roster, uh, upcoming we should be we should be breaking down ESPN's top 100 players of all time. I, I glanced at the list and I am already um, have some uh, strong opinions on guys that I think should not have been there or should have been there. I noticed that David Ortiz is like 20 slots better than Robin Yount, uh, which I have a hard time believing. I know there's the whole DH versus a guy who plays in the field and and all that stuff, but. I won't even get into it today, but that'll be that'll be at our uh, our next podcast, uh, breaking down the ESPN's top 100 list, um, as well as any other updates that we've got from the MLB lockout. So, David, what are your final thoughts here today before we go? We're talking about Hunter Renfro, the Brewers' new addition in right field. Looking at some of the numbers of Renfro, comparing him to Avisael Garcia, of course, the Brewers' right fielder last year. I think it's interesting because. Many fans had the perception, and myself included, that having Renfro instead of Garcia would, would be a step down. And I'm not even convinced that that's necessarily the case. Garcia got a four-year, $56 million deal from the Marlins, and the Brewers got Renfro in exchange for Jackie Bradley Jr. with a bad contract and a couple of lower-level prospects. Renfro coming only at $7.5 million for that as well. The the war numbers are a little different. If you look at Fangraphs, Fangraphs grades Garcia out as an above-average defender with Renfro considerably below average. But if you look at StatCast, which I would generally consider more accurate for outfielders, it has Garcia and Renfro at about the same number. They were pretty similar hitters, actually, in 2021. Uh, we could be looking at Hunter Renfro being a, a very similar player to Avisail Garcia, perhaps the Brewers' biggest loss after the 2021 season was Garcia, but the Brewers may have found the perfect replacement in Hunter Renfro. 
Yeah, I, I see a lot of comparisons. Uh, kind of a, that stereotypical like five hitter. I feel like uh, both of those guys, some good gap to gap power with maybe twenty five to thirty home runs. Kind of the, the Casey McGee mold. Absolutely, uh, that's that's the number that that one year that he had who where he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the I like the move. Like you said, getting rid of Bradley on a bad contract uh, with after of course the tumultuous twenty twenty one season that he had. Uh, it seems he like did the rob that home run though. That that is true. He did something. Um, so yeah, anyways, I, I am glad that the Brewers were able to make that move. And even if Renfro is a step down slightly from Garcia, financially makes a lot of sense for the Brewers. And I really do hope that they bring in another bat, uh, primarily to be in that DH spot, which would be a much needed addition to bolster the offense. So again, we will be breaking down the ESPN top hundred list of all time on our next episode. And this is Peter and David Go signing off. Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on whichever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting us through the link down below. See you next time.